when I started my own company, I started very much in that kind of not old guard model, but with the brick and mortar and with, you know, that kind of, oh, we have to have an office kind of mentality. And what I noticed over a few years is my agents, and I think a lot of it is COVID, we just shifted the way we do business during COVID. Mm -hmm. Like before people used to go to an office to work. And then during that whole thing, so many people just became used to not visiting an office. So as years progressed, I was the only one using the office 90% of the time, except for like a training. Clients very rarely come to the office anymore. You're usually meeting at a property. The days of your client really riding with you in your car are kind of gone. Like most agents I know for safety and insurance purposes won't put a client in their car. I do not. Yeah, I don't. Um, Plus I like my peace. But anyways. True. um, So, you know, it was something that I had to look at from like dollars and cents. Like, okay, my rent on this building is over $7,000 a month. What can I provide with that same $7,000 a month? So for me, we did kind of switch a little bit to more of a hybrid sort of situation because, I mean, all of our programs are Mm cloud-based. So, you know, transaction management, our CRM, everything you can access wherever you're at which I think is what most people have now. Right. Um, But we still do get together several times a month for in-person trainings and things like that. So I think that that is valuable that we still connect and see each other's faces. And even if we're not doing a training one week, maybe we're doing just a happy hour to personally connect with each other. Like what is going on with you in your life? Not like a rah-rah, like, here's what we did as a company and here's who the top producer was this week and, you know, whatever. But like really knowing who people are. And I think some people, whether it's from COVID or just generally feeling like they're less seen now Mm -hmm. as individuals, I think some people need that. Like they don't want to just be one of a bajillion in like this cloud-based arena watching somebody speak they want to be like seen and have somebody know who they are yeah um so i mean i think there's something for everybody and i think that more and more of these old guard brick and mortar companies are going to figure out that that overhead from the brick and mortar even if they're charging their agents for offices is going to become less and less used yeah so i look for like kw to offer more of an online experience soon and like compass is already doing it they don't have a ton of offices like Mm -hmm. an overabundance of offices but i think some of these other companies um thought they had to have so much more like presence going down the street yeah and it's just not needed now i mean i think the other thing that's becoming more and more popular um and it was very popular in D.C., um, where I'm from, and I'm glad that it's coming this direction because I do think it gives you that, like, that internal buzz um, is um, co-working spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I will often not work at my – I often work really well in silence, but sometimes it's, like, it's that, like, external buzz that just kind of helps me, like, refocus. I can put my earbuds in and it's just – you know, I can look up and people watch as opposed to staring at a white wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting about co-working spaces or working off site or whatever is 
what you hear. So you don't realize how less your pulse is on the world around you or what's going on unless you're actually in it listening to other people's con- eavesdropping. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. let's just call um, it what it is. Yeah. I'm just call a spade a spade. Um, so, but co-working is such is to me a, a comfortable environment. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of being around a lot of other professionals in other professions, hearing them interact, seeing what they're doing. And you get to know the businesses that are coming to your area too that don't need a traditional mm-hmm. office. They just need a space to set a computer. Um, but there's a couple in Waco and it's, you know, it's really interesting what they've got and how they're how it's functioning um you know and they do other things like most of the co-working spaces have like happy hours and they have coffee hours and they bring in speakers and like they have you know these big conferences that you can attend and it's a benefit to the member mm-hmm. and you know i think that those kinds of spaces also um produce that creativity and get people kind of thinking outside of the box of cold calling and mm-hmm. realtor and Zillow leads and, you know, all whatever the, you know, whatever we're supposed to be doing for prospecting. Right. Like it gets your mind kind of being like, oh, maybe I do want to get involved in that or I do want to see more of that. So it's interesting because there's so much, there's so much about where you live that you're missing out on by boxing yourself into going to the same exact place every single day. Well, and I think You know, I really think that it also depends on your personality, what will work for you. I think if you're not creative and if you're not particularly self-motivated, joining any cloud-based brokerage is like the worst thing you can do because it is so easy to say, oh, I'm not going to log in today. Oh, I know they're having this training, but I'm not going to log in versus having like an in-person accountability partner that's like, hey, why weren't you at the meeting today? Like. You know, that kind of thing. I think there's so many people that that just don't have the follow through to to really thrive in that kind of business because already real estate is hard because we don't really have a boss. Mm-hmm. We don't have anybody telling us, okay, these are your working hours. Here's where you have to be. And these are your tasks. So already for a lot of personalities, it's really easy to get lost in that. Well, I don't have anything immediately pressing, so I'm going to watch this show. And then by the it's like by the time they look up, it's, you know, 3 p.m. And they've watched a whole season of, you know, The Housewives or something. Yeah. You know, so I think that having the self-awareness to know what kind of environment you really need to either motivate you or keep you task driven is really important because I think yeah. that there's a lot of people that are going to be caught up in the tech kind of based businesses because they do sell you. We are the way of the future. And I get for a lot of people they are. But especially when you're new, you're going to need. You need somebody. Somebody that you see their face, not yeah. their avatar, but like you see their face. They're in your state. They're in your city. They're in the arena that you're in. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, even if. You know, some of these brokerages have um, brokers that are centrally located, like in Austin. Austin is not the same market as New Braunfels Mm -hmm. or Waco. So if you are calling that broker and you really need some, like, good advice, they don't know your market. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. They don't know the players that you're talking about. So I just feel like while you're learning, you really need 
a place that will facilitate that and like hold your hand and be there to mentor. I mean, I have agents come to my home and sit in my home office because I've got it set up with multiple computers to where I can walk them through things at the same time they're doing it. I'm doing it at the same time so they can see it and like touch it, feel it, know it as opposed to, you know, just, okay, well, can you make an appointment with cloud support and then, you know, next Tuesday at 430, I'll address your problem that's happening right now. Yeah. That's not helpful. No, it's not. It's like, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just, I think that there's a place for everybody, which I think is great because the traditional brick and mortar model just didn't work for everybody. But I think that people really need to look at multiple brokerage types before just signing on to anyone based on their cap. Like if your split is the only thing you're asking a recruiter or a broker about, like you're missing missing half of what you need to know about that company that you're now aligning your name with. Well, and, you know, I think it's valuable to ask for like, you know, a shadow day. Like if there's an agent that you like – there or something like shadow them and see what they're doing in the day if that's something or half a day or at an appointment or whatever it may be if you're new you should shadow as many different people and personalities as you can it's just because you're going to need to be able to craft your own like presentation style and some of that may be melded from like five mm -hmm. other people And if you never go watch, then you're never going to know. You're going to be one that relies on a script Mm -hmm. and you sound the same. robot. Yeah. Yeah. You give the same robot presentation and you lose. Yeah. It's – I don't think either model is wrong. I just think that they – I think that people need to do their research and understand what they're signing when they sign up for whatever, whether it be Mm -hmm. traditional or whether it be cloud. I think that they need to be reading what they're having them sign up for because unless you're um, a smaller brokerage, in my opinion, that takes the time to go through an ICA or their PMP with these people. Otherwise, it's just a stack of papers that they put in front of you mm-hmm. or, you know, a DocuSign where it's Sign so Sign here easy. and we'll order your first business cards. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, you know, they give you all the swag with the, right. you know, you get your, you know, your whatever, your cup and whatever you get. But which is all, you know, great and warm and fuzzy and fantastic. But you need to understand what you're signing. You need to understand what you're mm-hmm. signing up for. Um, and what it all means and so and how that's going to grow your business you know mm-hmm. one of the big things that every brokerage throws in your face is leads we'll give you leads we'll give you leads okay but how but what about teaching you to fish yeah like are they going to teach you how to get leads on your own most likely not i mean they say just... they do but we've talked about that yeah um but often a lot of them will say you know they either buy realtor zillow leads they have the phone leads. They have their website leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll sign up for all these referral um, companies, and then they'll charge you on top of your commission that mm-hmm. referral fee so the brokerage doesn't take a hit. Those are the questions you need to be asking, and it's not just where do you get your leads from. Can you break down where you get your leads from and what the ROI is that the company says you should be getting versus what the brokerage is actually mm-hmm. getting? And can you tell me how many of those leads in a year you have gotten and can you break that down by quarter? Right. 
I mean, if they can't, can you tell me how those leads are dispersed? Yeah, if you can't, are there metrics on who you give the leads to? Are there classes that have to be attended? Yeah, in order to be eligible to get leads, like, do I have to hit a certain dollar amount? Is it that I have to do something in particular? Because if you don't, if a brokerage can't provide you those Mm -hmm. numbers, then they're not tracking it. They don't have a freaking clue what their ROI is, Mm -hmm. and that's just bad business. Like. I know where my leads are coming from. I know where Justin's leads are coming from. And we track that so we know how to shift ourselves and being like, oh, this is working for us. Yeah. yeah. Like, go forward, my friend. <laughs> like, Well, and I think brokerages don't, as a whole level, like, like a big box brokerage is not going to invest in like Zillow leads and pass them along the whole brokerage. Zillow no. leads really aren't meant to be passed along, you know, a hundred people. Most Zillow plans are only meant for like four to eight different agents mm-hmm. to get. So, you know, it's it's not something that most brokerages even invest in at that top level. Like teams may yeah. do leads and pass them out that way, but most brokerages don't. Um, And I'll tell you why is because it is the biggest nightmare for a brokerage owner. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done it and it is so frustrating. To track when they drop them. not even to track, but to see the drops. Mm -hmm. And oh, you you just didn't want to answer your phone. Perfect. Perfect. You know, because I mean, even though I'm a producing broker, I took myself out of that. Yeah. So it's frustrating for me to see because, I mean, I can hear the recordings. I can all the things of how that call went. And I'm just like, you know, so I get that. Plus, I mean, for brokers, so many of the big ones know that in any given year, they're going to lose X amount of agents to mm-hmm. other companies or whatever. So they're not going to invest that kind of dollar no. amount. They may give organic leads from the website. But they're going to be minimal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they can't tell you the conversion rates on them or how many people they get clicking unsubscribe on their stuff. So right. I don't know. I just think that that them teaching you and having classes specifically on lead generation and how to get leads yourself is so much more valuable. Well, and I think social media, I yeah. mean, training is going to be a big thing and not just not just the basics anymore like mm-hmm. people need to understand the analytics that are and i think in 2023 that's going to be a continuing booming effect for our industry facebook in general is still technically the leader as far as uh like consumer business for real estate mm-hmm. but instagram and tiktok are not far behind yeah and um people like you and i who has started our basic just our property marketing on video makes it so much easier and I mean not that I'm perfect because I've definitely the end of 20 middle end middle end middle end of 2022 definitely took a my social media definitely took a hit on my part like it Mm -hmm. was I stepped back for a hot second because there was other external things going on that I was like shuffling Mm -hmm. um And, you know, you and I were living, like, parallel lives at that point. So, like, it was – there was so much going on that, like, 
creating reels and videos and, and trying to be uh, happy on camera. And, to, yeah. Uh, and like, you know, trying looking like I have my life together when right, it's like, like it when Hindenburg just went off. Yeah. I'm just, you know, mentally I was like, I need to refocus mm-hmm. because I want to be really present and I want to really be that person. So, you know, I think that kind of training and being able to make people understand the power of social media ads and when to do them and how they're useful mm-hmm. and you know, do they show metrics for sellers and buyers and whatever? I think all of that is going to be really, really important. And I think that's going to be a valuable thing for mm-hmm. um, any agency, whether you be brick and mortar or not. And I don't – and my fear is is that it will be that Kool-Aid effect mm-hmm. where it's like they're only going to teach it in one direction um, where I feel like it needs to be – outside experts coming in to well teach it. and i feel like you can always tell when a brokerage has just had a class because they're all doing because it. they're all very motivated that next week mm-hmm. and you see all their agents doing the exact same thing for about a week to maybe three before they die off mm-hmm. and so you know you always see it but i think that it's really important that people identify who they want to be on social media yes and like what their value is on social media can they educate anybody about a certain thing or is their value really just going to be follow along while I walk through a pretty house yeah like where is your value and having to understand that somebody else's perception is the their reality yeah so if they're perceiving this about you that is what's real to them Right. And so, you know, are you taking that into account? Are you showing who you really are? Because the last thing you want is somebody's, you know, calling you and you're like, great, this person found me on social media, didn't really cost me anything. It was organic. And I'm going to get this client out of it. And then they meet you in person and they're like, you're nothing like yeah, be your authentic what self. What I thought, you know, so that's hard. If you're going to do video on social media, be your real self mm-hmm. because otherwise, you know, eventually somebody's going to be like, oh, you know, it's kind of like the business cards with the 80s glamour shot. Like, yes, they meet you in person and they're still looking for you in the Starbucks yeah. because <laughs> you look so different on your yeah. card kind of thing. So I think that that kind of getting over the, well, I don't sound good on video and I don't look good on video and I don't like the way, you know, my face moves or whatever. Nobody cares and that's what you look like. Yeah. You know, like, so you might as well get over it and do your the best for your client by doing it. I mean, I know, again, in that comment thread, you know, sorry, I'm not out here blowing up on social media or whatever she, she said in her first one. Did you catch that comment? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm not blowing up on social media anyway but I do get quite a bit of business from it so yeah thank you bye yeah and I just I I just think it's one of those things where it's like I think it's different because the way that you and I do our social media is not just like active under contract sold active mm-hmm. under contract sold like fucking shampoo rinse and repeat rinse and repeat like we have our podcast on there we have tips and yeah. tricks on there we have Mom drama. Mom drama. You yeah. going out to like uh, when you go out to your businesses and you uh, talk about, you know, what they're doing and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a variety and it's it's entertaining. It's not just, 
you're not just one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's, you know, that's what's interesting. And that's what keeps people engaged. And I think that's really what it's all about. You know, you have to well, show letting more people facets. know you're human and you do this. Yeah. I mean, like I'm a mom and I'm a this and I'm this. And by the way, I also do real estate. Yeah. Like, I professionally. Mean, yeah. I mean, I think people see like, you know, one of the pe- things that my many people laugh at until they meet him is that my youngest, I tell everybody he's feral. And he is like he's a COVID baby. Like mm-hmm. the, I mean, he is feral. Like he is just he is sweet, but he is crazy, and um, <laughs> but in a good way. In a good way. A good but way. he's a you know he's a piece of work. I mean, his kindergarten, his pre K teacher literally asked me if I really thought he was ready for school, and I was like, oh, I'd be fine. Like it'll be fine. I wish you well. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy you your Amazon wish list. Now. Yeah, like <laughs> just keep my kid. I've yeah. got things to do. And he's come a long way. And you know, but th- you know, that's what makes people like relatable because you know, I have two ki- two young kids, and so often my kids are with me. Like if it's mm-hmm. after school hours or like during this long break, like. I mean, I already made a post. Like, sorry if you hear my kid tell me they have to poop in the background because that's my life right now. Mm-hmm. Like. I have mad, mad respect for parents that during COVID worked in a home office with kids and oh no, and yeah. all of that stuff. Like I had the ability to still go to work every day, and it is it is challenging to work from your house with two little kids. And you know, often because of Will's work, I'm by myself, mm-hmm. and so managing that, and you know, the snacks and the lunch, and remembering that they still need my attention and you know, oh, by the way, James needs to read for 15 minutes every day and all the things. Plus, I'm trying to make calls and try mm-hmm. and sound professional. And, you know, my kids are screaming in the background. Mom, can you open this? Can you yeah. open this? Or they're screaming about hitting each other with swords or whatever it is. It's like, you know, I just want to rip my hair out. Mm-hmm. And so people see that, see that authentic side of me. And they're way more forgiving when I'm out of showing because I will literally walk into a showing and people have said like that I'm rough because like I will walk into a showing and I will tell them you sit down you play your tablet you do not speak to me because at that moment it's like my brain is I'm being professional yes you're here but I'm in professional mode like that my client is my priority you're my priority in the car I will give you 50,000 snacks Mm -hmm. I will sing ABCs and twinkle twinkle little star and then we get to the next place and it's sit down play your tablet don't speak to me like yeah like yeah you know the drill but they but my clients are so forgiving when it comes to that because they know that's who I am and Mm -hmm. they see that I'm like you know I'm working double hard like at that point because I'm trying to manage two completely different mindsets at that point and I think there is just um, a different level of respect that I have for parents that have their kids with them and they're working all at the same time. You know, I just. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's the hardest. I mean, it's like taking two difficult jobs and stacking them on top of each other. Yeah. And then when you get to go home, you still get two jobs because then you're wife and mom. Yeah. Yeah. And chef and maid and, you <laughs> yeah. know. The laundromat. And yeah, exactly. You're all the, the things. The so there's not and... really like a break ever in no. any one job. I mean, ever. And I think that's what's interesting about kind of video taking over as, you know, the advertising method and not even advertising, but just in general. Like if you look at. Some of the people that go viral on like TikTok or Instagram, 
it's not the polished professionals like, oh. you know, here I am in stilettos showing homes. It's the one that looks like the hot ass mess who's barely hanging on by a thread, no makeup, hair is a mess. And that's who people identify with. And yeah. that's who the they're able to grow like cult followings mm -hmm. because they're not perfect. And mm -hmm. I think that that you see it more in like our age bracket. I mean, yeah. kind of the young ones are still like all Alex Earl and she's beautiful, but like she goes to college. She's just not, it's not like real world yeah. stuff yet. Um you know, but like our age group, I feel like I identify more with the moms mm -hmm. and, you know, women in business, even if they're not moms that, you know, maybe they're in a relationship or married and they're just hanging on to that little bit of patience that they yeah. woke up with that day. Yeah. And, totally. you know, those are the people that I want to work with because I know they're the ones that I'll be able to laugh with, identify with, will shoot me straight and vice versa and like not get their feelings hurt because they're in this generation that was never told no and was told how perfect they are yeah. all the time. You know, like it's made it more relational. Like, yeah, I can figure relate. out who your people are. Yeah. And, and I think that that's such a huge part of our business anyway. You don't feel you don't feel as alone. Like mm -hmm. I will say, like, I don't know. Not, I mean, I don't know. Ninety nine percent of the people that I follow on TikTok. Like, I don't no. know. But like there's something about them that I felt like I could relate to mm -hmm. or learn from. And that's yeah. why I follow them. And so or I just made me laugh. Yeah. You know, oh, like I'm yeah. like, OK, they, today on this given day, I feel like I have my shit a little more together because I watched that video yeah. and at least my Roomba didn't go through a pile of crap this morning and then all over my house. Yeah. So compared to that lady's yeah. morning, like my my whatever shit show I had is just fine. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the creators that I absolutely like adore watching because she makes me laugh. Like, I mean, because it's like <laughs> going back to having a sense of humor. Like I also sometimes have like a very like you know, I sometimes take that joke one step too far, kind yeah, of same. like whether it's like dark or whether it's mm -hmm. like, like, you know, kind of inappropriate or whatever. I'm often that like person. Like that's sort of why I had guy friends when I was growing up and not that's female why friends. We're friends. Yeah. Like I like, I mean, I can hang, you know, mm -hmm. but um, the scary savage mama, she, it, she gets tagged in a lot of posts and that's like, and it's really, she's reading comments and stuff like that. But she makes me laugh so hard because it's just like you can relate to her. Mm -hmm. Like you can relate to her humor. You can relate to when she's being – like when she's feeling like a hot mess. Um, I know she's recently kind of started a podcast and she's interviewing all sorts of different creators. But like, you know, it's an outlet and it's like you can relate and you're mm -hmm. like, man, all of a sudden I don't feel alone. Like right. Um, I – feel like I I'm seen I'm heard I'm not alone mm -hmm. like I have a group of mom friends that we always text each other back and forth and we'll send all these you know TikTok videos and stuff back and forth and it's like nothing could be more true than some of these like videos yeah. that come through you're like I just wasn't brave enough to put it out there like she right was, you know? right like, you're like you know yeah. whether, whatever it is whether it be kid humor or like husband mm -hmm. wife humor or whatever but it's so like so much of what people are putting out there, especially about like husband wife relationships, it's so, it's it's so true. Like right. it's just funny to me, and I you know I want people to be able to relate to me on that level too because it breaks down that initial wall. Like there doesn't have to be an icebreaker with that weird small talk. Like oh how are you? Like what's your intent to me? Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Like 
they just kind of know you and they're like, oh, like, you know, that was so funny what you posted the other day. And I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, whatever. Well, and I think, I mean, everybody wants to do business with their friends and people Mm -hmm. they like. Yeah. So if you can bridge that gap by having somebody either one, decide they don't like you so they don't bother to call you and don't make your life miserable, or two, decide, hey, you know, she feels like more of a friend. Let me call her. Like, you know, that kind of thing. It, yeah, it it gets rid of that initial barrier. Yeah. Like there's already familiarity. You know that I'm not going to take everything 100% serious in my yeah. life. You know that if you drop an F-palm, I'm not going to judge you. I might high-five you. Yeah. You know, like I'm not this stuck-up kind of personality. You know, if you watch this podcast that I don't like hugs. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. things like that. 100%. Like, let's get these things out of the way now. Yeah. So that, you know, we don't have that awkward, like, are we, are we not kind of moment? Like, yeah. Because I'm internally cringing when that happens. <laughs> Like it's it's happening. Yeah. So, you know, it just it helps get a lot of the small talk out of the way. Yeah. And then you can get down to like business of what we're doing. And, you know, do you really want to sell or is it a good time for you? All the real important conversations that have to be had. I will say I'm kind of confused by what algorithm I'm on on social media right now. Are your is yours consumed by sister wives? No, but I all of a sudden I have started to get some sister wives stuff in there. I've never in my life watched. I've never that watched show. it. I didn't even know what the I didn't even know the family broke up until I saw like yeah. Some... Apparently, he managed to lose three wives in a year. Yeah, I saw that. Like that's impressive. And that there's you're that one, big of a and there's narcissist that you can. Well, he's married to three people, so or five, four, people, four or five. But then there's the one that's like the shining, like he treated better than everybody else, supposedly. I don't, I don't know. I, I just, don't know. I just I just started to get on oh, that. Oh, I think I'm on Sister Wives TikTok. Like every fourth video is somebody recapping an episode. <laughs> and all I can think of is this guy was able to convince four women to marry him. Yeah. Like yeah. this guy? Really? Like yeah. I mean, Very interesting. it's like a walking packet of ramen noodles and then like the biggest douchebag ever. And I'm like, it's very, very not attractive. Well, how did I mean, I, you know, usually you can find one person dumb enough, but four. Yeah. And like when you watch them, these women, they're not unintelligent. I mean, Mm-mm. like some of them are less than others, but like, I don't know. I just I don't know. I I, I could not. No, could I'm not. I'm currently on uh, royalty TikTok. Oh no, I'm I, not on that one. Thank God, because I I'm on, I'm I on, can't. Yeah, I'm on royalty them. TikTok between you know Harry and Meghan versus uh, Will and Kate. Will and Kate, and then you know Kate's uh, Amazon fashion people who copy her fashion for Amazon finds. So I'm uh, I'm deep into that. Um, oh, how's that working out? You know, I do appreciate the fashion update. Um, yeah. I, do, I do I do like Kate's fashion. I do think it's Doesn't classy. Doesn't she still wear pantyhose all the time? They have to. Why? That's one of the royal things. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go and wear a whole bunch of tights, but no. I do like, like in general, her very classic fashion. Yeah, no, I do, I do She's too. very classy, very chic. I do yeah. appreciate that. Um, but this in general, the um, a lot of the... 
I'm on royalty TikTok, I would say. And I'm not quite sure how I got on that. It's not like I searched. No. I really am not sure where the algorithms come from and how. Because I'm not, Mm-mm. I like, I do a lot of swiping. Like, I do a lot of hearting and a lot of swiping. But I don't do a lot of commenting yeah. on TikTok. Um, it has to be something I feel very passionate about to, or I have a question about. But Yeah, I don't do a lot of commenting unless it's like, real estate specific or something like that yeah Um, but yeah I mean I think I did like a video comment to one the other day and it was the one about um she was frustrated because her client called her specifically to ask if she was going to bring him a Christmas gift and you know like it's a thing in our industry where it's a self-inflicted thing in our industry that we've decided that we have to like buy our clients. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're a service provider like any other professional service provider. We get paid when we do what we were hired to do. Right. So your attorney doesn't give you gifts. Your CPA doesn't give you gifts. My dentist doesn't give me gifts. Like none of these professionals, my photographer doesn't give me gifts. Like why are we the one like profession that's expected to give a gift or a pop buy or this, like we're constantly supposed to be buying this stuff. I don't know. And I just, I'm done with it. Like just done. Like you hire me for a service. And that's not to say, cause there's a ton of times when, you know, you know how it is. People will disagree about something small in the contract and to save a deal. You're like, I'll pay it. Yeah. Just get it done. That survey that now neither one of you want to pay with, it's on me. You want to double the home warranty? Fine. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But the damn gate. Hmm? The damn gate. Oh, yeah. You want my husband to build you a brand new (laughs) welded electric gate from scratch? Oh, and put the gate opener back on because you took the other one off? Perfect. For the property that you literally could walk five – for for safety and privacy, but you could walk yeah. five feet and walk around because there's an ag yeah. exemption? Yeah, yeah, okay. It was – I mean, there's okay. a lot of things that I don't think clients or the public at large realizes that we do financially to make deals work. And yeah. that's, you know, outside of, like, listing photography. At $1,000 a pop out of pocket before we even start – working if Mm -hmm. you have a website built just for that property that's Mm -hmm. a dollar amount like everything we do getting it in the wall street journal getting it in (coughs) mansions global getting it like getting it out there getting your media kit done yeah and that's that's an if mm -hmm. we only get paid on that if If, the property sells we're too grand in before we start yeah exactly before the sign ever hits the yard i've already invested money in this. And I don't think people understand if we were like a lot of other professions, like an attorney, could you imagine what we would make if we build per phone call, per text message, per site visit, per hour of time we spend on any given transaction after hours timing, like all the things? Yeah, it would be insane because Mm -hmm. every agent has had that client that feels like they need to make 20 phone calls a week to you just to be told there's nothing new going on. We're in escrow. Yeah. Like, here's where we're at. Just like I told you in the monthly up or the Monday update email, this is where we're at. You're not going to hear a lot. Yeah. 
but you still get the phone calls all the time. Well, mm-hmm. I thought about this. What do you think about curtains on this window? Like, what do you think about waiting until the deal closes before you plan your curtains? Mm-hmm. Because things can still happen. Yeah. You know, like, I just think that that we say we're professionals and we want to be treated as a professional industry. And then we don't treat ourselves that way. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's like, I mean, I think for my dentist and I think from my dog boarding place, um, I got Christmas cards from, yeah, which is a Christmas card, but yeah. like, I don't need to get you a new cutting board with your name on it for every holiday no. and event. And no, like every Valentine's day, I need to drop off candy and I need to do this for everyone. Like I, no, if you want to work with me, it's because I'm professional and I'm damn good at what I do. Right. Like if you want tchotchkes, then maybe go to somebody else. You might have a nightmare from hell transaction because they don't know exactly what they're doing, but they bought you. So here you are. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know. I, I think I'm so kind of turned off by that too. Like, And I'm very like that anyway. Like I don't approach people in ways I don't like to be approached and I don't like to feel like I'm being bought. Yeah. So I think maybe that's part of it too is it's just – it gives me the icks. I get stuff from my clients when it makes me think of them. Yeah. If it's personalized and individual to them. But like if you're going to Costco and buying 50 pies – to give everybody the same pie, is it really personal? Like, no. you didn't take into account that they have a nut allergy and they can't eat a pecan pie. Yeah. You know, things like that. I think it's different if it's something that specifically made you think of that person. Yeah. And it's genuine. But so many of these things are just not. Right. And I'm like, so why is it expected? Like, I, I don't even do Christmas cards anymore. Like, family Christmas oh, cards. I'm terrible. I'm, I'm so terrible. Awful. But I did, I will say, I did go through and text a lot of people Christmas Day and do that whole thing. But, I mean, I don't even look at Christmas cards when they get mailed to me. So, yeah, I'm not like, great I at just, that. I suck at it. I'm not a male person anymore. No, and I, I mean, I guess for us, it's also like, it's crazy to try and figure out Will's schedule and try and get a photographer and try and do all those things. Like, I'm not the family it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to me because it's again it's one of those cultural changes cultural switches right so photography here and family photography and bridal portraits and all this stuff is very popular here mm-hmm. it is not where i'm from like people did not take yearly family well, and I think photos too, now and- it's because everybody wants to put their highlight reel on their social media well yeah so but like I- every event through a, a engagement to a wedding is like a full-on full ordeal on. photo shoot because everybody thinks they're the next influencer and, yeah. you know, wants their magic day, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Any brand, if you want to send me something for free, I will surely try it. But Oh, God. But I don't want to be an influencer for you. I could just see myself getting, like, a huge monster rash or something with these leggings or – I don't know. Yeah. Just something will go wrong if I go down that route. So I'm just going to stay in my lane, <laughs> not be an influencer no, and I, all of that. Like, it's a lot. I, just, I mean, that's a lot of work. I will give them that. It's a lot yeah, of Yeah. And then you have to post, like, four posts with this thing. Well, what if you really hate it? Yeah. Like, my face does not allow me – to lie like oh i love this lip gloss that's yeah. now making my lips swell up and you know i have to peel them off later yeah. you know like I, I just i'm probably not the one a company wants to reach out to reach out to you no and i do find it funny on um 
my Instagram, I always have like active apparel companies yes, reaching out. I do and too. I'm like, what about me gives you the impression that I want a lot of active apparel? <laughs> like, do I, I look like I'm running or exercising at all? Well, I because... get that and I get jewelry. Yeah, I get jewelry. Lot, I get a lot of jewelry and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't wear a lot of no. jewelry like at all. Like I wear my wedding bands. Mm-hmm. I may wear earrings. Um, I if really I only wear them like on here. Yeah, same. <laughs> if I'm but like, I changed my necklace. Like, oh, I'm so dressed I changed up today. my necklace this morning because I literally been wearing that other necklace that I've been wearing for probably a year and a half. So I literally that. I mean, that's about the extent of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't. If you want to consider my Apple Watch a no, that's utilitarian. But like, I'm not a jewelry no, person, neither. so it's fascinating. I'm like, I'm. What about me is showing you that I wear a lot of jewelry? I don't know. I think it's just like a throw it at enough people and it'll stick. Thing, it'll but stick thing. I would think that it would lose them money. I guess because if you're sending this stuff out to people and then they don't do what you've asked, no, then what happens? I don't know. I don't know. If you were an influencer, what is one product you wish somebody would send you? Slippers. I love a good slipper. feel like you can't go wrong with that. Mm. It's easy. I just have to wear them around the house. Yeah. I feel like the problem with slippers is the, some of them make your feet sweat, and I well, don't that's like that. The, well, that's the thing, right? So, like, that, I'd be like, I think that these make my feet sweat. And then I wouldn't have to wear them, but I would have slippers. I can wear socks with slippers. Yeah, it's quite the look. Your husband's such a lucky man. <laughs> he is. He knows what he was getting into. Yeah, he knows. I he busted knows. that out way before. Oh uh, yeah, he, before the marriage, he yeah he knew how bad it could yeah, get. Yeah, <laughs> he he was well aware that at the Hot Mess Express. Like the second I get home, I'm like immediately walk upstairs. I could be in leggings, and I will get home and go home and put on pajama pants. Like yeah. if I'm not leaving for the rest of the night, I will immediately change into pajamas. Like yeah. he's like, you are in comfortable clothes, and I'm like but not enough. Like I'm not ready for bed. Like I need to be ready for bed. So when the kids go to bed, I'm like, goodbye. Yeah. Last (laughs) night, I think I did. I went to bed at like 7.15 last night. That's amazing. Sometimes that's what you're like, you really need that. I didn't. It was just activity, activity, activity all through Christmas because my dad was in town and he stays at our house. So it's like, you know, Christmas Eve, we were up late. Christmas Day, we were up late. And then the day after, we had to go see Avatar. That's a three and a half hour yeah, movie. long, I've heard. The first one was that long. I know. We had to watch that during the day that day because oh. I had never seen it because that's not really my genre. Right. Like, I'm the type where I have to watch things that I can imagine being a real possibility in life. Like... If I've never seen one of these avatar creatures in real life or werewolf or vampire or any of that, like, it's hard for me to, like... Get into it. Get into that kind of movie. Yeah. Like, I just... I avatar need... was kind of just, like, Fern Gully, but, like, you know... Like a grown-up Fern Gully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just... I cannot... And, I mean, I'll give it credit for what it is. I mean, it's, I mean, the... it's pretty. I mean, yeah. I liked the ride at Disney. I mean... Yeah. So there's that. But I was just exhausted. And I told my husband last night, I go, I think my brain is just tired mm-hmm. from everybody. And 
like constant peopling for like a week. And before that, it was dealing with the grocery store and, you know, Christmas shopping and all of that. I just, I have to decompress. Yeah. And I did. I slept for almost 12 hours. That's good. It was fantastic. It's a good reset before, you know, before podcast day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and today was the first day in a while I had to wake up early because I had- Same. I was like, oh my God, I'm like actually setting an alarm and all the things and having to plan an outfit in advance was, yeah, that's never fun. No, but we did it. Yeah. My babysitter accomplished. My babysitter got there this morning and I had like one side of like eyeshadow on and my hair was like up in a towel. And I was like, I, I'll, I'll I'll get there. Like, it's like, as long as I'm out the door by eight, I'll be okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just – my big um, issue this morning was deciding, is it going to be a hair washing day or not? It had to be for me. It, it's just so much work. So well, it was extensions. not. Yeah. So it was not. So that's why we are where we are with it. But – It looks nice. I was like, I'm just not there. Like, I know I slept last night, but still not there. And I can promise on my way home, it will be a, up in a ponytail and out oh, of my yeah. face. Yeah. Like, it's amazing how fast a look will devolve. Oh, totally. Once you know you don't have to still look like that. No. Like, okay. I don't have any client meetings yeah. today. No, I'm like, it, it's going to go downhill real fast yeah. when we get in the car to go home. And oh, yeah. That, and I think it might like flood or, you know, a typhoon's going to hit or something. I came all the way into Austin today, zero traffic. I never stopped once on 35 not one time not not a tap on the brakes nothing cruise through it was so weird i videoed it like coming through downtown austin yeah that's weird there were like three or four cars in front of me it was strange like something is happening i don't know if armageddon's coming but i feel like we're in a padded ish kind of room so we'll be safe i don't know something but that's so odd yeah it was very, very odd, but I hit a little bit of traffic, but it was like right outside of Round Rock. But it wasn't even like traffic. It was just people like tapping their brakes for God no only reason. knows what reason. But don't you feel like that's weird sometimes? Like if you get out on the road and it happened all the time in COVID for a while. Yes. And you get out on the road and it's empty and you're like, what is going on? I think it's just you that, know, it's like, that Christmas travel, like no one's left yet. Everybody's still holed up in the airport trying yeah. to get to where God, they're going. So yeah. And then their bags still managed to travel. Yeah. So or like, not. Or not. Well, Did you see the picture of the airport where one whole they shut down a whole terminal pretty much because it's like all covered. All bags. All bags. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think anytime I travel, like from now on, an air tag will go in my luggage. Yeah. So I can see where my luggage is. Mm-hmm. Because like Holly that works for me, she was coming back from New Jersey. She had like four canceled flights, finally got on one the following day her luggage ended up all over the place and she had taken her makeup bag out of it and the makeup bag had the air tag in it so of course it had like every pair of jeans she can wear and like all these pairs of boots and everything else in it and she's like freaking out not knowing if she's going to get it and she finally got it today but i'm like no i don't do well with that kind of uncertainty my personality does not thrive with things like that that i can't control the last time I got, I went home to see my dad before he died, my flight kept getting canceled and canceled and canceled. And I had two kids. I was flying by myself with two mm-hmm. kids. And 
it just kept getting canceled. And so like, you know, we have, they tag them or whatever. So you can technically track them, but my bag didn't arrive until the next, somehow it got put on like, and they can track them if they feel like being helpful. Right. And so American airlines, you can track your, you can track your luggage on the app. Um, Mm -hmm. but they, somehow it got put on an Amtrak train. So it got from an airport to a train to get to me. So here I am, two kids. I called my mom. I'm like trying to hold back tears. I'm not getting in until like 1 a.m. I was supposed to get in like at like noon that day. Like I had taken off from Waco at 5.10 that morning and landed in Dallas and was just pushed back and pushed back and running from terminal to terminal with two kids. And it was I was still breastfeeding at that point. So, so, you know, when you finally did get on the plane, everybody on the plane was looking at you like, please don't sit by me. Please don't oh, sit by me. hundred percent. Two kids, one's an infant. Please don't sit by me. Oh, no. There was a lady who sat. That's a whole other thing. Um, anyway. Um, but so I called my mom. My mom had to call friends to get clothes for the kids. James was in like little girl pajamas. And I had to wear my mom's clothes because like I didn't have clothes to wear until like later the next day. I mean, they did get it to me the next day, but my mom called my my mom is like 10 times more powerful than I am by far. And so my mom called and like bitched out the airline and basically my bag was delivered to my parents' door like with a door knock and an apology. <laughs> oh my goodness. Your mom, she looks like she'd be like so sweet and meek and mild and zero percent chance she's like the lady on red that Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. i think she was a hitman or something yeah zero percent chance my mom if you like first of all you not only mess with me but you mess with her grandchildren so yeah yeah it's all downhill for you (laughs) yeah you you have failed at life friend jeez (laughs) 